Hey, what's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today's episode is so exciting. and it's, I can't wait. It's one of those episode topics where it's kind of like, I can't believe we haven't done this before, but it's one of the most exciting things that, you know, this many years into doing this show. I mean, what is it? It's got to be almost seven years at this point that we've been recording this podcast. Uh, but we can still have such classic, prototypical episodes like this. Today yeah. we're going to be focusing on music from the Contra series. I am so excited. This music is rocking. I absolutely love Contra music, particularly the first two games in the series. Yeah. Some of the most classic video game music uh, I could ever think of. It's Konami at their best. This is going to be an amazing episode. Yeah, I think when most people think of Contra, they think of the original title and playing it on the NES. Yes. It was probably the best side-scroller shooter on the entire system. I mean, I, I, you know, some people might argue and say Super C is better or, uh, you know, there's so many side-scroller shooters. But in terms of just like really tight controls, fun action, a good it challenge. But the nice thing about Contra is it was one of the first games that sort of made popular that Konami code, which mm -hmm. uh, a lot of kids knew, and I think they wrote about it in Nintendo Power or something, uh, but right. it was sort of an easy way for people that were struggling with the game like to be me. able to play through it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's incredibly difficult, but that code gives you 30 yeah, additional Yeah, this game lives. holds up, and this soundtrack is, is just amazing, especially for the first game. Yeah, for for my money, um, I really, really love the first two soundtracks in the series. Um, after that, they, they definitely carry the spirit of Contra, and part of the thing that made Contra so exciting is that it was bold and different from a lot of other video game music. And so I think with the later soundtracks, they definitely explored some some really surprising styles and sounds that you're not used to hearing in video games. So that's really cool. We have actually quite a bit of diversity in music uh, as the series moves on. Well, and the interesting thing that I've been thinking about is that was sort of my impression when I played these games as a kid that mm -hmm. uh, the SNES and Genesis title and uh, later titles sounded so different. But I think really it's just a testament to how classic the NES is that yeah. a lot of this music it's not like it's super basic tuneful typical NES stuff there's a Very lot of experimental. progressive mm -hmm. rock kind of writing with the harmonies the rhythms everything about it but it just it's so much more accessible on the NES than it is on like the Genesis or Super Nintendo well yeah I think you know? what you'll hear in those 16-bit titles is them going further into into that territory into the experimental progressive kind of territory and so there's a there's a lot there's a lot of possibilities that wouldn't have been possible or appropriate right. uh, for the first two games. So that's really cool. Carl, I don't know about you, but I feel very similar to the music of the Contra series that I do about like the music to the Castlevania series where I love it almost best in the NES because that's when yeah. it was kind of charming and a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I, As I you get later, you. they try to like make it more serious and immersive, but it makes mm -hmm. the music a little bit less appealing to me. Like I know yeah. that Castlevania 4 is probably more legitimate creepy and atmospheric but I just don't like it as much as the catchy tunes from the NES trilogy yeah I think there's definitely some parallels to that there are some kind of gaps in our playlist as far as the entire series some games we're leaving out and you know frankly for for a number of years I think uh, the Contra series musically was pretty lacking uh, kind of talking about the PS1 into the PS2 era definitely some time when I wasn't really feeling the music um, but yeah we have a pretty good representation of the overall series and this is going to be 
it's just so much fun. We have some music we've never played on the podcast before. We have some that we we absolutely love and that are some staples of the podcast. And so this is going to be so so fun. And we're ready to so rock. Kyle, out. I don't know, but you, but it was really interesting. The first game of the series that I actually ever played was Contra Three. Oh, uh, interesting. Alien Wars. That's the one that I think I played most when I was a kid. And then I, I remember definitely played playing Contra the original. One the most. Yeah, I I remember playing the original on emulators. But as a kid, I was so bad at it, and it wasn't until mm-hmm. I bought an NES when maybe I was 12 or 13 yeah. when I, and I got Contra and I started to play through it and tried to get really good at the game. Yeah. Um, so Contra 1 is actually probably the one that I've played the most, but it wasn't the first that I played, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I think I played the most of Contra 1 and then I, I moved on to Contra 3 after that. I don't know if I ever played uh, Super C very much. Um, and I haven't played the the more recent games like Contra 4 and, and, and Onward. But yeah, the music is so good. What you guys heard playing in was Base 1. That's Stage 2 from Contra. And we're going to keep that Contra 1 uh, train rolling. We have some more amazing music from that game. That's such a great play. And it really got both of us just so amped for this episode. So let's keep going. I uh, love one how thing... bluesy it is. Like, it's just yeah. like, <laughs> even though we talk about it's experimental, but it's like so that, that line is so iconic. Da 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 well it's totally bluesy and i'm really glad you brought that up because blues as far as the structure of you know having a riff and then maybe going up to the four and repeating the riff and then going back down the structure of blues is apparent is kind of present in this entire series but they're not just playing blues music they're playing other kinds of music whether it's prog rock or even like dance music or metal they go into a lot of different styles but yeah overall there's kind of this blues structure that you hear in a lot of the series so that's a good point and i think it's it's not necessarily something that you notice right away because in this mm-hmm. case when it goes up to the four then instead of just being like typical harmonized fourths now they're like harmonized parallel tritones so yeah there's a way of kind of like turning that expectation on its head but you're totally right about it using almost like the form of the blues structure so one thing i want to mention is the composers that are credited for the nes version of contra are hidenori maizawa and Kiyohiro Sada and a lot of times I just hear those composers credited so when people do covers of this music they're the only people credited it should be mentioned that the composer who really wrote this original music uh, was Kazuki Muraoka who wrote the, the arcade version that came out a year before so these two composers were basically arranging that music and so I definitely think that um, Muraoka is, is not someone that I hear mentioned as much as, as they probably should be uh, so that's that's worth mentioning we're going to play the NES version let's keep going to something that is if I had to rank you know top 10 classic NES tracks. This is going to be up there. This is stage one, uh, Jungle from Contra. And what what I like to do when we play this track, and I think we might have done this before, is we actually have the intro, the title screen jingle just before the stage one theme, because that's always how you experience it. And that, that title screen is just so classic. So that's actually what you'll hear uh, in this version. Let's take a listen to stage one.
Such a great way to end that form. You have this really great harmonized riff with the four on the floor kick drum and nothing else. The bass cuts out. Uh, it's just so good. Um, this is definitely music that is dreaming of having a rock band, <laughs> you know, performing it. But it holds up so well on the NES. And I did yeah. listen to the arcade original. And it's really fascinating to hear that. Actually, for the next game that we move to, we're going to have a little taste. Uh, we'll be able to compare the NES and the arcade versions. But yeah, this NES version is so classic. One of the best Konami themes of all time here. Right. Well, it just clarifies all the ideas. And one of my favorite things about this track compositionally uh, is the development of the various motivic ideas. Yeah. That baseline um, is that that part you mentioned at the end that we just heard again in the loop. Um, yeah, it's the baseline too. That's the baseline, but I love that it it doesn't get a melodic presentation until the very end of the form when the bass actually cuts out and well, now it's, it's harmonized <laughs> with the squares. Isn't that one of the most melodic bass lines in video games? It's right. this track <laughs> is so classic to me. It's and almost more melodic than the melody. I you think know? this actually was one of the first pieces of video game music I actually took notice of as a kid. Like, it was one of the first things where I actually stopped playing and I was like, this is really cool. I really like this a lot. And I remember it actually inspired me to write one of my very first pieces of original music on the piano when I was maybe like... 10? I don't even know how old I was. I was very young. And I remember I was really inspired by that one section where it's where it's harmonized yeah. like that. I couldn't explain what that was, but I knew <laughs> I liked that sound. And I think I stumbled upon the keyboard that, oh, it's playing these two notes together and moving them up and down. And so this song is actually means a lot to me. Dude, I totally know what you mean. The, there's so much great stuff. So, I mean, just examining this piece musically it probably the central hook of a lot of the contra music we mentioned it a little bit with the stage two theme but the idea of almost power chord harmony whether it's fourths or fifths these kind of perfect intervals mm -hmm. moving in parallel and it, it creates a really great kind of rugged rock sound because um these notes don't function together in one key necessarily but it's just sort of this riff this melody line that keeps that parallel harmony but there's so much video game music that does that what i love about the contra music is just kind of how active all the part writing is mm -hmm. and if you'll notice when you listen to it um the the um, programmers here are so uh, really on the ball in terms of whenever there's a moment of melodic rest, those squares are doing some little thing, some answering phrase, some response, doubling what the bass idea is doing. Like there's so much active it's very movement active. in the arrangement. And I just think that's so miraculous because you listen to it and it doesn't sound like a super flashy show-offy arrangement, but it just, it really captures a certain sound. Uh, this track features sort of a classic Konami DPC drum sound which is it's mostly really snare. iconic yeah, yeah there's actually for the most of the track there's no kick drum there's nothing there's nothing but that snare except that final until that final section when you get the four on the floor but what's funny about that snare sample is there's a surprising amount of bass frequencies to it it's, it's really quirky yeah, dude i also love how it goes from that yeah. which feels like this chorus but the way that it transfers energy rather than going from that straight back into the loop you have that but 
It's a great form. And then it's like it kind of disguises when the loop happens because it makes right. you feel like we're going into this kind of like post-chorus like bridge section. It's really neat. It's so brilliant. Yeah. Now, guys, we spent a lot of time talking about that track, probably because I think it's my favorite in the series. And so I'm glad we got to really dive into that. Well, speaking of active music, this next track is so active and fun. This is stage three, Waterfall. And again, the composers that worked on the NES version are Hidenori Maizawa, as well as Kiyohiro Sada. Let's take a listen. Gotta love these short and sweet loops on the NES here. 40 seconds, it's all they need. This is Stage 3, Waterfall. And again, this music was originally composed for the arcade, and then a year later, this came out for the NES. And this happens so much for this kind of classic video game music, is I grew up, you know, listening to the NES version, and when I go back and listen to the original arcade music, you know, the the presentation that was first unveiled, uh, there's something lacking. There's something that's not quite as good as the NES. And it's really hard to say what that is. Part of it is these particular sounds that we grew up with and part of it is kind of the glue and the gel that holds it all together but really sometimes when you listen to the arcade versions it's harder to pick out the the actual musical lines Uh, it might be the different kind of fm instruments or the way that the levels were balanced or maybe unbalanced but yeah this this to me is definitely the best the the definitive version of this music well and then here's the problem when you're at the arcades there's all these cabinets there all with their own sound and music so it's not like a great experience for listening to music being in the arcade so i mean most people are familiar with the nes version of a lot of these titles well also i think that's what most people played too because when this game came out for the nes now this is a game that people are able to bring into their living rooms all over the world so yeah it is funny because i i do think at this time the arcade division of these companies was considered like more important that was like more prestigious to them but yeah i definitely think that most people would would uh think of at least for the music uh they prefer the nes it's about the it's about the longevity it's kind of like uh back in the day um you know heard mel brooks talk about the difference between uh making television and making films and some of the biggest comedians of his generation people Mm -hmm. like sid caesar were such a big deal because of television but they're not really remembered anymore because they didn't create something that can be held up in the way that like films keep getting released that's true you know and i I think it's the same thing console games they sort of last people still play them but old arcade Mm -hmm. games unless you are some collector who owns a cabinet i mean it's it's a great point that stuff gets forgotten uh i there's just a couple things i want to mention about this track first of all i love the introduction Uh, a lot of these contra tracks have these really Mm -hmm. exciting kind of very non-repeating intro sections and then the other thing that's so unique about a lot of this contra music i mentioned this but the the way that these melody lines are harmonized in so much 8-bit music we have this idea of melodies harmonized in thirds or sixths or yeah we'll occasionally 
only have fourths or fifths, but it's usually pretty parallel, pretty simple. Um, and I don't want to say cliche, but there's a certain sound. But what's weird about Contra is these lines are very peculiar and specific, and they they often strike up these really alien sounding dissonances where mm-hmm. it'll be sort of parallel tritones or it'll go from like perfect fourths tritones and like there's like a minor seventh at one point and then a third like they're they're they have a really interesting shape and contour that's so specific and i remember this is a track as a kid i always found like a little bit annoying and i could never articulate why um but now i really appreciate it because it's the which is a great melody line but it's harmonized with like it's just like really um but that sound to me really contributes to sort of the mixture of heroic action but also threat and danger because this is one of the hardest games in the nes library well let's move on to one more track from contra uh, before we move on which we have to do for time today Uh, this is stage six energy zone from the original contra You guys listening to Stage 6 Energy Zone, and again, this really short and sweet loop, you know, this particularly this first game, and I guess Super C as well, the stage themes um, are sometimes very short, you know, sometimes 25 seconds, 30 seconds, and so you hear this, this music a lot, you hear the full forms a lot, but you really don't get sick of it, and part of it is because it is so active, and that if you are going to, like, intentionally put down your controller and try to actively listen and pick out all the elements, it would take you three times in order to actually listen to everything and focus on everything and so if it's in the background and it's more of a subconscious thing that's one reason why this doesn't get sick is because it's so active yeah whenever i think of contra music i honestly think of this kind of shuffle Rhythm. Me too. Yeah, this is classic. This is probably my second favorite uh, yeah. theme in the whole series. And I love how dancey it is when it gets to the dun 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 dun. It's such a great dancey groove. But yeah, that that part there is very creepy. And, and right. one thing that I love about contra music is there are times when they treat it like actual score, like really creepy film score. But it'll have this dancey groove underneath it. It's, right. It's so unique. And yeah, I adore well, it. That's why to me the NES the NES contra games are just the best because it's this right balance of experimental harmony, mm-hmm. really intense rock that is well-crafted and kind of progressive, but it's yep. fun. It captures the spirit of kind of like fun, over-the-top action. Well, here's the thing I'll say um, about the first two games in the series that is a little different uh, from the rest of the series is that, yeah... At the end of the day, it's fun, dancey music that really gets you excited and just makes you smile. And right. that's not always the case later on. I mean, yeah. the, the Genesis game is very dancey and, and almost goes, there are times when it's kind of this techno sound, maybe mixed with metal right. and stuff, but it's not fun. It's funny, Carl, 
I, I'm curious, what do you, do you prefer the Genesis uh, Contra hardcores or do you prefer Contra 3? Uh, are you talking soundtrack? Yeah. Definitely hardcore. For That's sure. funny. I think um, I prefer Contra 3. Yeah. And, and, and hardcores is something that I probably heard much later than Contra 3 because I didn't play that, that game. I played Contra mm-hmm. 3 as a kid where I didn't play hardcores. That's but funny. You guys I never think, even rented it for the Genesis. No, we didn't. And I think the music is a little bit more interesting to me. I mean, you have, we'll get to it, but you have some really big names and some interesting people working on that. Yeah. Both of those soundtracks are definitely good but they they're just not at the same level as as these nes ones well let's move on to the second game in the series maybe even better some of the music it's almost like they elevate it to the next level so good uh let's take a listen to stage one lightning and grenades and the nes composer here is hidenori maizawa guys are listening to stage one lightning and grenades and you know we didn't say it going into it but this is track of the week i mean, just hands yeah. down Heck it's yeah. so good it, it this is what contra music is all about it's yeah. very experimental i mean this track goes on a journey it's about 53 seconds long and it completely changes the groove and the type of rhythms that you hear it's almost like two pieces of music in one three pieces of music in one i love that dorian section it's so exciting and rousing there are moments of it that feel like film score but it really really rocks it has the wonderful orchestra hit samples which are kind of added in super c that you didn't have in the original other than that the drum samples the kick and the snare are the same those classic konami samples and the last thing i just want to mention before i hand it over to you will although maizawa again is credited and i hear most people only credit him when I when I see people talking about Super C, we should mention that the original arcade music uh, in this case was done by Kazuki Moraoka, who did the original uh, arcade Contra, as well as Motoaki Furukawa. So those people definitely need to be mentioned. God, this music is so strong. We're hearing the arcade version here. What I love about this track is, to me, it really sounds like they were taking the stage one jungle theme from the original Contra as kind of a form model. Absolutely. Because it has that A section that's really rocking, uses the parallel power chord harmony, but it opens up into this really satisfying kind of chorus idea that uses kind of like parallel six harmony, and it's this descending idea, but then it has this post-chorus idea that's really appealing in this one and that sort of Dorian modal section where the triangle gets up into a higher register. God, but the melody in this is just outstanding. You know what's interesting? There's no doubt when you look throughout the entire series, and we're even going to hear this today, that 
The jungle theme from the original country is the prototypical classic. That's like the Mario overworld theme of the series. That's yeah. the classic theme, and they revisit it a lot, and everything else is kind of held to that standard. But to me, if I'm being objective, this is the best Contra piece of music. I, I think they got to this other level with Super C, uh, and they're kind of confident with what is the Contra sound, and let's just go farther. And this is just a better piece of music. It's not as nostalgic to me. I didn't grow right. up with it, but it's just undeniably amazing. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah, I want to cover this. I really do. It's so good. It would be great to do a mashup of both the tracks, of almost like take the, because mm-hmm. I think I like almost the A section of the jungle theme better, but I like this kind of B section. I, but I feel like they would both work together. You could just make a really long song. Yeah. You know? God, it's so good. Um, you know, I like, couldn't you imagine going from the da, 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 and then go into I almost like the idea of starting with this and then yeah. go into the jungle. Yeah, that would yeah, be totally. really exciting. I, that's that would a great be really idea. Cool. Let's do that. Well, I, it's sad to leave that track, but we have to. This, this is now stage two, Military Fortress, which is another amazing piece of music that, again, just feels so classic to the podcast. Super C is just one of our favorites. Let's take a listen. Thirty-three seconds. <laughs> That's all they need. They don't need any more time. Oh my God, this is a devious piece of music. And one thing that's really effective is there's moments of this kind of snarly bass, and the way that they're able to get that is they have the triangle rocking the entire time, but that one of those square channels gets pretty low into the kind of bass register, and there's a couple moments when it's almost kind of doubling uh, that bass register, and it's just very snarly, a lot of attitude in this track, really surprising uh, minor chords that that don't really fit together in any single key, and and that's, again, another uh, element of kind of film scoring that is coming across. You'll hear that a lot in film score where it's like you'll have these two chords that follow each other that have really nothing to do with each other and that's kind of what's scary and surprising about it right yeah i i what i love is that the composers here really respect the original game and kind of are adopting that sound but i almost agree with you carl like i think they're they're going beyond what the original contra did yeah well i mean part of what needs to be mentioned is moraoka composed both games super c and contra he was the composer on both of the games now he is joined by furukawa here as far as the arcade and then maizawa is the one who did the nes arrangement but yeah in some ways the sound of contra really needs to be owed to uh moraoka it's just incredible totally you know uh another cool thing kind of looking back at the the history of the contra series is it 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 shines a little bit of a light on what the video game industry was like in the way that different versions of the game would have different results. It's kind of famously known that the the PAL version of Contra, the one that was released in a lot of Europe, 
uh, it was the the name was changed to Probotector, and all of the human right. characters were replaced with robots. I guess because they thought that you know humans shooting humans was like too violent. So the main characters are like all robots, and everything's like a robot in that game. But I like the idea of the era where like you can literally change something so fundamental about the game, and it probably wasn't that difficult of a thing. You know, they just changed the sprites, and then the entire game is the same. You can change the name and the concept and there's something charming about that that like that would never happen with games today where you play it in another region and all the characters are robots instead of humans you know <laughs> oh my god okay now this is interesting the next track on super c for whatever reason was the first track i ever heard from super c i don't know why i didn't hear stage one before this but in any case this is the first one i heard and it's so so good and it's another incredibly short loop let's take a listen to stage four mechanic factory guys are listening to stage four mechanic factory which is so far the most progressive experimental track on the playlist and it's incredible i love this it's so so good you have three sections the first section is in seven very interesting meter very surprising but again it uses that blues form where you have this riff that's established then you go up uh, to uh, probably the four chord and repeat the riff go back down um, but then you have the section that comes after that which moves to six so it's kind of changing the meter still a little right. bit surprising and then finally that final few measures is in four four uh, so again within within like 48 seconds they they get so much mileage I almost hear the first part in uh, seven eight almost yeah, like seven eight no, for sure in yeah. the big beats you're counting one two three four one two three mm-hmm. four one two like where it just feels like you're losing an eighth note every time in the baseline it's like accenting that it's almost like a broken record kind of sound you know what i love about this is there's not a lot of video games where something this progressive would be the stage fourth theme like this right. kind of, this kind of seems more like a boss theme well that's what i love about the contra series is they never shy away from this type of mixed interesting meter but this track is such an achievement because it's really catchy still and memorable and like that those harmonies are are so appealing and all the different lines are, are really well done yeah this is one of the best tracks from the game and this is kind of a classic nes track you know and one thing that i want to mention is you know i think multiple times today we've already said it is the the first two soundtracks are are our favorite for the series and it's really nothing against the later games and the later soundtracks it's just you can't really top these. They just, they really struck gold with these yeah. two soundtracks. I mean, it would be like doing the Ninja, it would be like doing the Ninja Gaiden series and not mm-hmm. featuring the NES games. I mean, that's, right. that's what it's all about, man. All right, let's play the game over theme from Super C. And you might expect the game over theme to be really short and maybe to be really sad, 
but it's neither. It's really triumphant, actually, and would really motivate you to keep going. Now, there's a nice callback. This is Konami, and these are Konami composers. There's a nice callback to uh, the Gradius 2 theme. I think it might be Burning Heat. It's that classic Gradius 2 track. Uh, this Game Over theme actually calls, does a little wink to it. So let's take a listen to Game Over from Super C. Game Over from Super C. Really great. I love that the ending themes and the Game Over themes of this series, they do have a lot more of this light, a very triumphant and happy and kind of positive sound, uh, sure. which is so classic for video games. Did you guys enjoy that little nod to the the beginning of this melody? Is, right. It's a clear call to uh, that Gradius 2 track. I almost wonder if this track isn't like an unused piece like a game over theme from that game that's very possible nothing would surprise me and then if it's like uncredited from that composer like it wouldn't surprise me if they're like oh we need a game over theme and let's just take this one that we have from another thing you know yeah because like it's such a weird thing why it would not hearken to that music and it doesn't sound anything like any of the music in contra you know let me check out the years here oh dude they came out the same year I think there's something to that. Gradius 2 and Super C both came out in 88. That is very possible. I love that idea, man. That's great. All right. Well, let's play one piece of music from Operation C. This was a Game Boy game, and it's so interesting. A lot of times, uh, and I think Konami, Capcom, a lot of companies of this time, when they had a Game Boy entry on the series, it wasn't quite taken as seriously. I don't think they considered the Game Boy as important, definitely not as the arcade, and even not as, as much as the console. So a lot of times you have a different composer working on that game. And that was the case here. We have Hidehiro Funauchi. Um, and the soundtrack's okay. Uh, it has a lot of remixes of Contra. Um, there's maybe a couple original pieces. This is by far the best original piece. I think this is great. This is the ending uh, from Operation C for the Game Boy. Here we go.
You guys are listening to the ending from Operation C. It's a very great, you know, uplifting piece of video game music, kind of in line with a lot of the ending themes from this series. There's an ending theme from the first Contra that kind of has a similar vibe to this. And yeah, I think uh, Funauchi did a pretty good job with the soundtrack. It's it's good. It's not great. Um, and again, a lot of it is just remixes of the previous games in the series. But this is this is a nice gem here. Yeah, the Contra series is so important. I mean, you think of uh, other side-scrolling games like Metal Slug or something. It's like that just could never exist without Contra. You know, so many tropes of that kind of like really fun 2D shooter. It's like all Contra. I mean, they have some of the tightest controls of Mm -hmm. any game of its era. I mean, you can shoot in any direction. It's easy to jump. It's really tricky, but it's like the game is, is... uh, challenging in a fair way. There's no yes. like so many NES games have clunky controls, um, you know. But like Contra is just it's insanely hard. Well, and that's one reason why it does hold up to this day. Like playing the original Contra or Contra Three, it really holds up. It feels great, and it right. just feels like almost like a game that would come out now. I mean, there's a lot of people making NES games, making throwback games, and so that's just such an achievement that these games still hold up. Yeah, totally. It, I, it's fun to hear just kind of a, a typical video game ending theme. Right. I would I would never mistake this for a stage theme, just hearing that yeah. descending bass line and the sort of triumphant progression. All right, we're going to move on to Contra 3, The Alien Wars for the Super Nintendo, and we're going to get things going with really a, a track that carries the, the spirit of the music that came before. This is another piece in 7-8 kind of reminiscent of the groove of that mechanic factory but going even further into progressive rock territory to experimental score uh you have clearly now for the for the snes you have a lot better instruments and you're able to approximate this band this is a really impressive track this is ground zero probably my personal favorite tune in contra 3 listen to the composers we have here we have miki higashino We also have Masanori Adachi as well as Tapi Iwase. Let's take a listen to Ground Zero. Love the instruments. This is a great track. Stage one theme here from Contra 3, The Alien Wars for the Super Nintendo. And, you know, at this point playing this game, if you were a fan of the first two, uh, it really feels like you're in good hands. Uh, this is music that is very aware of this, the, the series that came before it, and it's kind of carrying the torch. Um, I will say that not the the entire score doesn't live up to this level. This is, I think, my favorite track in the game. 
Um, and the rest of the soundtrack is definitely this vibe, this sound, but uh, it doesn't all come together uh, in a way that, that this track does. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think the other thing is that the score isn't very melodic. Like, there's not no. a lot of catchy tunes. And even this one, it's really cool and progressive, but the the most interesting part is the bass line. Doubled with piano, too. I love that instrument, It's a great riff. Yeah, it's really cool how they use the 7-8, because it's almost like 14-8, because it's like the form last two measures. And yeah, that riff changes in a way that feels like it's almost glitching out. And they're really making the most out of that feeling of like losing an eighth note, um, which I mentioned on the last track. But here it's like really intentional because they keep changing the rhythms of that bass line. And it just constantly throws you for a loop. But it's really satisfying because when you hear that kind of idea repeated and then there's these kind of planing fourth based chords on in the strings moving up and down and then one of my favorite parts is when you have the sort of brass lines and it's that same brass instrument from super mario kart Mm -hmm. um but it's like here in a really really progressive context it's this is an awesome track i have a lot of nostalgia for it because this is really the first piece of contra music that i ever heard because this stage is what i played so much as a kid I do have nostalgia for this track and I don't have it for the others. And it's probably because it's really hard for me to even get past this stage because this game is incredibly hard. Yeah, I remember the second stage is a really awful overhead view kind of trying to be like 3D stage. And it's so boring and completely different. The Contra games kind of, they they did sort of experiment with the ancillary stages. In the original Contra, there is this kind of like quasi 3D stage, but at least that one's fun and still has fast shooting uh, Contra 3 has this stupid overhead stage. Well, would you say that Contra 3 is more difficult than Contra 1? I remember it being more difficult. Um, I don't maybe know. I think similar. maybe the, the gameplay is a little harder, but I think it you might be able to like save or have more extra lives or something. It's or not as brutal as the mm-hmm. original. Let's take a listen to one more track from Contra 3. Uh, we do have to just keep going. A lot of stuff in the series. I love this one. Uh, to get to. But yeah, we'll play one more. This is Ceasefire from Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Ceasefire, which I think is the ending theme 
of Contra 3. And both Will and myself, this feels uh, like a Miki Higashino composition to us. We would probably bet that it is. And sorry that we're not playing more kind of proggy experimental tracks from Contra 3. I know there's a lot more of them, and this is not the sound of Contra 3. We're well aware of that, but we think this is a beautiful piece of music. And again, there is this tradition for these ending themes to have this very triumphant, regal sound. And so it is kind of prototypical of the series in in this way. But um, yeah, we'll have to revisit Contra 3 in in another episode because there's definitely a lot of cool experimental stuff uh, in that score, in this yeah, score. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening through to Contra 3, and I think I actually prefer it to the soundtrack we're about Hardcore. to focus on, Contra Hardcores. I, I think part of my problem uh, is with this game is going for similar things, and maybe there's more tracks of a consistent level, but there's something about about it that just feels a little unrefined like a lot I of totally the tracks agree. even if they're interesting there's like there's nothing as great as that ground zero track and there's nothing as melodic as that ceasefire track but they're just it's probably more overall like exciting and it's a it's a great genesis score yeah. i would love to play the game because i'm curious how it differs from contra 3 well let's move on to that um contra hardcore at least in the u.s we would pronounce that hardcore uh c-o-r-p-s <laughs> that's a fun way to to say that title um and yeah my biggest problem with this soundtrack there's a lot of great ideas and a really interesting sound is actually the harmonic choices the chord choices like if you listen to the bass i want it to change more than it does and um i feel like they could take the the same ideas but if they added just a little bit more chord changes or, or changes at the right time i think it would be a lot better so for me it feels like uh, the bass sometimes is kind of being stagnant longer than than it but should be. But listen to some of these composers. What's interesting? We mentioned this is crazy. Miki yeah, let's, Higashino let's, in the let's last Let's check one. out who we have on this one. We have Hiroshi Kobayashi, Michiro Yamane of Castlevania fame, Akira Yamaoka of Silent Hill fame. Both of them working on this game. That's insane. Hirofumi Taniguchi and Aki Hada. So we have a lot of talented composers working on this. And I will say that the Genesis sound is so at home for this series, you know, coming from the arcade roots. Uh, it sounds amazing on this system. Really cool stuff. Let's take a listen to the hardcore title track. Here we go.
so cool. You guys are listening to the hardcore. This is the title theme of Contra Hardcore for the Sega Genesis, Sega Mega Drive. A lot of talented composers, including Yamane and Yamaoka. Pretty insane. They both worked on this game. And yeah, there's some issues I have with this soundtrack. I know what you're saying as far as it being unrefined. For me, it's kind of the, the harmonic choices. But the overall right. style um, and energy, I prefer to Contra 3 because it's just more fun. You know, it's just totally. more groovy. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's definitely more badass. It's more balls to the wall. Uh, but yeah, there's just like a lot of the songs, there's like Ugh, something kind of weird or unappealing. Yep. With this track, for me, it's that weird sample that sounds like a squishy, like stepping in water. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, if it's supposed to be percussion, but that thing just, I don't know, it weirds me out. I like the melody when it comes in. It's under harmonized, and it's just sort of that melody against this weird farty bass, <laughs> but it's a great melody, and it's really soloistic, and I like the instrument choice there, and kind of how it phases a little bit. There's a good use of panning. I mean, yeah, this is a really exciting and fun score. I definitely recommend it to sort of Genesis fans that mm-hmm. you know have an insatiable prog rock I mean, it, it gets the job done for sure. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that farty bass. That's that uh, Mushroom Hill Zone bass, which might give you some uh, PTSD from that track a little bit. But yeah, no, it's a great sounding score overall. I think the mix of everything, you know, both of these two um, 16-bit soundtracks are great. I mean, I think they did a really good job with the arrangement in, in getting it to sound as good. I mean, both of them sound better than your average SNES or Genesis uh, score do. So very impressive. Uh, let's move on to probably my favorite track in uh, Contra Hardcore. I think it's pretty cool. Even in this one, though, there's moments where I kind of wanted the bass to to move to a different chord at a certain time, and there's still kind of some unfulfilled potential to me in this, uh, but it's really cool. Let's take a listen to The Dawn from Contra Hardcore. You guys are listening to The Dawn from Hardcore. This is a really cool track. For me, what I'm talking about, you know, that main A section, the dun 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 Halfway through that form, I really want the bass to change. I want the chord to change before it does, and it doesn't. It stays on this chord for, like, eight measures or something, and I want it to be 
four measures and then four measures of something else before right. it finally does change. Yeah, I just think that there's a lot of potential here, and if someone else were to kind of do a final pass on this, I think they could have made it, they could have elevated it to the next level, because mm-hmm. it sounds really cool. The instruments are, are really, really great for the Genesis, and, you know, it definitely feels like classic Contra music. It's It has a great groove, it's very experimental, and it's, it's just very badass. It's kind of this militaristic uh, macho rock kind of sound. Like it's very manly. Well, it has all the tenets <laughs> of the progressive rock side of video game music that we mentioned before. You know, that sort of Gaelic Dorian mode sound, mm-hmm. a really interesting meter. In this case, it's sort of like a 6-8, but it's it's done to feel more like uneven. It accentuates the odd meter. Yeah. Um, feeling a little bit more. I like actually that it has a pedal bass line and there's less chord movement to me. It's kind of something different and interesting, but I totally hear that it's not as But like, here's appealing. the problem with it though, is that if you're going to have the pedal bass line, then the chords around it needed to change more to me. It felt yeah. like it was too stagnant. Like I would love to, to do some sort of rearrangement of this and kind of change and tweak it because again, I feel like, and I felt that through a lot of the score, honestly, is like there's a lot of great ideas and great potential with this, but yeah, it felt like it just needed maybe another pass, another person to come in to, to make it a little better. I, I completely know what you mean. Yeah. There's a lot of tracks where I'm just scratching my head a little bit. Um, and I think that's part of it is it's like if if this track were in a really consistent and stacked Mm -hmm. you know score i think i would give it a little more credit but there's so many choices in the game that seem a little bit like tasteless or something and so it's it kind of feels like was is this intentional or is this you know hard to know but it's such a progressive rock score it's really cool i mean it's really my favorite part is i love that part too with the panning and every that's awesome. All right, guys. So like we said, we are skipping some games today. And the reason we're doing that is because some of the games just really didn't have good enough music for us to focus on. Uh, there were two games that came out for the PS1, Contra Legacy of War and See the Contra Adventure. Really not worth exploring. Uh, the music is okay. Uh, it's very Uncanny Valley, uh, something that I don't think holds up very well. We do have a PS2 game, Contra Shattered Soldier, which is... It's not my favorite kind of music. It's it's not the most pleasing to listen to. We are going to play something from another PS2 game, which came out next in the series. This is Neo Contra, which came out in 2004. It's okay. It's not great. I did, I did feel like we needed to have some representation of this era of Contra music to let you guys know this is kind of where it was for a while. This is kind of what Contra music sounded like. And maybe we can have a little discussion about that. Let's take a listen to Peaceful Chaos. From Neo Contra, composed by Sota Fujimori. Two, one, two. 
You guys are listening to Peaceful Chaos from Neo Contra. You know, surprisingly, this is probably the best track in the game. It was the one that I could, I guess, imagine playing. I mean, it's not that good. Um, <laughs> I did want to focus at least a little bit on this era to, to kind of see where we've come. And I don't really know what happened. I think the PS2 games really got off track. And particularly that second one is supposed to just be a bad game in general. And... I don't really know what happened, but this is very reminiscent of a lot of PS2 soundtracks that nobody talks about anymore. They're just, there's nothing to write home about. It's kind of right. just that cliche techno sound. And I will say that if this had always been the style of Contra, it, it would not be considered this, you know, classic series musically. You know, yeah. it's, um, it doesn't have any identity, any kind of unique. Uh, personality that the series is known for. Well, it's just so wrong. I mean, Contra is rock. That's what that's what it is. It's very clear from the beginning. And say what you will about the SNES and Genesis soundtracks, at least that's what they're embracing. In fact, they're yeah. even more authentically capturing the sound of progressive well, rock. This is just like, I, what does this have to do with Contra? I do think that this kind of music was more popular for the PS2 games, so that could have been it. And there was an electronic element to hardcore. It was kind of this mix between rock and electronics. Well, so I get the games are futuristic, I I so maybe mm -hmm. that's part of it. Yeah, yeah I think my it just sounds so bland. I mean, this really sounds like the early 2000s, like it, it's coming clear into focus. And honestly, like I listened to the entire soundtrack to Shattered Soldier and Neo Contra, and this is the only thing that I could even consider playing. Um, and so it, it's really interesting how how the series uh, in some ways maybe lost some of its identity especially with the music and I think if you're a fan of the series and you like these games you're probably gonna have maybe some nostalgia for this but to me someone who was a big fan of the the music of the early part of the series but didn't play these games this is kind of head scratching to me a little bit so right. let's move on uh, to a game that really reinvigorated the series and went back to its roots musically and had a lot of love and respect for where it came from and that's not surprising because we have a Jake Kaufman score here this is Contra 4 which came out for the DS which is a great soundtrack and I wish we had time to play more we just have time to play two tracks today we're, you know, did the same amount that we did for uh, the 16-bit games. This game was sort of like a soft reboot. It was basically mm -hmm. a remake of the original Contra, but the levels were yep. different. But, I mean, the layouts and the art style and the music, everything is trying yeah. to recapture that era. That's what you'll hear. It's a reimagining. So, you know, this first track we're going to play, when you first hear it, it's like, oh, it's it's Jungle from Contra. But no, it's not. And he actually goes off into new melodies and new ideas. And it's it's really nice. This was developed by Way Forward, and Jake worked for them for years. Uh, this game came out in 2007. Let's take a listen to Jungle One by Jake Kaufman. <laughs>
good piece of music. You guys are listening to Jungle One, composed by Jake Kaufman from Contra 4. And I think this was a pretty important game for his career. I think um, this kind of got him a lot more work after this. And I know it was a very exciting game for Contra fans. It's not necessarily one of my favorite Kaufman scores, um, but thinking about where the series was for a while musically, this was such a refreshing entry. Um, I really love how he paid his respects to, uh, you know, the original Contra and the Super C, but you know, and even uh, the Super NES score, but kind of going off into some different directions. This is really good. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Jake Kaufman to me, which is interesting. It uh, is interesting. You can hear certain moments harmonically where it's like, oh, there it is a little bit. He's kind of losing himself here. But it's interesting. I don't think of him as just like a straight ahead kind of rock guy. The one thing about this is I feel like these songs are a little bit more melody centric than the Contra stuff actually is. I see what you're enough. saying. And Kaufman is a very melodic composer. I actually don't know that I love it here, though, because it makes it sound a little bit cheesy. Where yep. Contra music was never corny. Like, it was always really badass and cool. And I feel like he's kind of trying to turn it into like a almost like 80s corny pop over the top thing which like i don't know for me contra just always seemed more like serious than that Mm -hmm. um and it was fun but it was like yeah i think there are tracks in contra 4 that maybe rock a little more i think the next one we move to probably rocks a little more but yeah i know what you're saying yeah there's there's something about this score that um is a little bit off to me Uh, i think it's good it's definitely good um, but yeah, you know, I would probably rate it a- around the le- maybe I would rate it a little higher than Contra Three or Contra Hardcore, which is impressive because those are beloved soundtracks. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not a masterpiece. Let's play one more from Contra Four. This is Waterfall, and again, he's kind of uh, doing a little homage to the original Waterfall from Contra, but then taking it into a new direction. Here we go. You guys are listening to Waterfall, composed by Jake Kaufman from Contra 4. And yeah, you know, it's it's definitely better than your average DS soundtrack. It's more rocking, more impressive. And this feels like classic Contra. I really definitely. think he nailed the sound of the series in this one. Yeah, yeah. The, the progressive rock stuff, the mixed meter, the weird kind of quirky dissonances. The nice kind of poppy harmonies later on. Yeah, and some of the kind of like... I don't know, chromatic little weird figurations. It, it's very Contra. I think my issue here is that it 
it almost just makes me want to listen to a remix of the original Waterfall track. Because it's like all the new stuff that he has is good, but it's not as good as the stuff from, you know, You know, I think it's super tough, though, because if he did nothing but straight remixes, then people would complain about that, you know? So it's really hard. This is maybe an issue that I have a little bit with Contra 4, because it came out, I remember, a similar time to Mega Man 9, um, and that game was such a sensation. And what I loved about Mega Man 9 is they captured the feeling of Mega Man 2, but none of the music were remixes. None of the stages were, like, redux versions of Mega Man 2, they just really authentically captured what was great about that and made an entirely new game with entirely new, all excellent music, great stages. And the problem with Contra 4, it's such a nostalgia trip that's like banking on your specific memories of the stages and their music (laughs) that I I just, I think Mega Man 9 got it a little bit better in my opinion. And that's how I felt at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that musically, for sure. Uh, Okay, so I'm excited to move to this. Uh, One really nice gem that I found was actually the soundtrack to Contra Rebirth. Similar to Castlevania uh, Rebirth, there was two of those games that came out around the same time. Really, really awesome and a nice love letter to the series. Um, This was worked on by Manabu Namiki, who's done a lot of great arcade work. And what I loved about this soundtrack is Namiki went with this FM synth kind of arcade palette. And so these pieces of music feel like really old school classic, uh, you know, VGM, but they're actually not. And there's some original music that Namiki composed that I think is really good. This is one of those pieces. It's called Return and Triumph, and it's the ending. I know we've played quite a bit of ending themes today, but we're going to play one more. And this one I love because as you'll hear, hopefully you guys will hear this, there's some callbacks, some melodic phrases that call back to uh, earlier pieces in the series, and I think that's really great. Let's take a listen to Return and Triumph from Contra Rebirth. This is great. You guys are listening to Return and Triumph, which is the ending to the WiiWare game, Contra Rebirth, which came out in 2009. It was composed by Manabu Namiki. Very creative way of calling back previous grooves and themes. Even there is something from Jungle that I heard uh, in there. Um, it's it's really good piece of music. Yeah, for sure. Kind of clever and creative. It's nice to get this FM sound because that feels like it's tapping into the origins of you know, Contra and the arcade style mm-hmm. with everything. 
Um, yeah, this is an interesting track. I, I'm not really familiar with any of the rest of this soundtrack, so I'm curious to hear what else Namiki yeah. did. Well, what, what's cool is we're actually playing out with another track from Rebirth because I had a feeling that people would be interested to hear more. We're going to play out with Jungle Battle, which is a very faithful remix of Stage 1 from what the original Contra. What platform was that on again? That classic jungle theme. This is WiiWare. came out for the, the digital uh, Wii mm. service. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. if you want to hear a faithful jungle remix, that's, that's going to be playing us out today. Uh, the last thing we're going to touch on, you know, Will was a little bit upset about that Neo Contra or in general that PS, PS2 era Contra games not being rocking enough. Well, this is definitely rocking enough. And it is actually composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari. So you know ah, he perfect. brings the rock. This is exactly, and, he should be the person to do Contra <laughs> games. Well, this is a sequel to Hardcore. This is Hardcore Uprising, which was developed by Arc System Works, which is why Ishiwatari uh, composed this. And he did a great job. Uh, let's take a listen to Stage 4. Capital Highway. is very shredding you guys are listening to stage four capital highway unmistakably composed by daisuke ishiwatari and one thing i'll say is it's great um it kind of just sounds like ishiwatari kind of just sounds like guilty gear it doesn't right. necessarily feel um that tied to contra other than that it's rocking well i i want to pose an i interesting... feel like he's nailing the composition like the it de- like to me the guilty gear stuff reminds me more of like a castlevania type of yeah. thing or this sounds yeah. more like contra but well, I, I want to pose an interesting question to you. If you had to now, you know, make a new Contra soundtrack and the developers were telling you we want it to just be, we want it to feel like classic Contra, how would you approach that now? So what I would do is I would have at the core of it this kind of sound that we're hearing right now, really shredding guitar-based rock. Uh, almost like a metal kind of sound. I like the drum sound they're getting there. Maybe some more prog in there. I would also have a full, large orchestra. Strings, Mm -hmm. brass, all of it. Uh, First of all, for the eclecticism, but also the Contra games were always so cinematic to me. 
Yeah, yeah. there's a score. That like a sound of a movie, element, like, yeah. I feel like it should also sound a little bit, you know, like Total Recall or like mm-hmm. a Jerry Goldsmith 80s movie score. So there should also be like synthesizers mixed with orchestra, mixed with rock. That's to me contra because if it was just like a movie sound, it would be the orchestra and synths and everything. But you got to have the rock because that's a big part of contra. But just having the like guitar elements and none of the other texture to me isn't completely fitting with what I feel like the series was always going for. But right. that's the great thing. When you're listening to chip music, it's ambiguous. But when they did do the SNES soundtrack, Contra 3, you heard that, you know, they, they're they doing that progressive sound, but they're also doing it with these sound like strings. This is a brass section. You know, it's yep. more of an orchestral approach and I would like to in a modern Contra game get a little bit of that mixed in with the rock because to me that would feel more kind of central to what it is. I think you're totally right. I think that would be the perfect approach. I mean even if you go back to Super C, you know, what is the the sample that they added in that game? The orchestra hit, you know, that was the right. the exciting thing that they added and it is that combination. It's like orchestral filmic progressive rock. Uh that's kind of the sound of Contra with some blues elements to it. Um, and yeah, it's been interesting. I think in some ways, some of these modern soundtracks have a little bit lost their way. Uh, I think Ishiwatari definitely feels much better than the PS2 games did. Um, and, 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 you know, he's a great composer, and so the music is, is very good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's something about it, though, just a straight-ahead rock sound. It doesn't feel like it scores the experience all too well. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. rich in energy. It's very interesting to listen to musically. But in terms of if I imagine the gameplay of Contra, guys running around shooting aliens, like just having straight electric guitars and like a rock band, that I feel like there's a better way to evoke the sci-fi aspects of the Contra series. Well, also the last thing I want to say, and maybe this is a taste thing because some people might find this more fun than I do, is when I listen to this Capital Highway theme, it's it's very rocking, but it's not fun in the same way that the jungle from Contra is or right. lightning not, and grenades it from have Super the dancey, is. It doesn't have the dancey kind of fun pop. Yeah element i see you know again it's it's impossible to top those two soundtrack there's something so special that they landed on part of it was the time you know the tastes of the time and kind of the cliches and connotations that were popular but those particular composers uh just really uh nailed it and one more time i want to give a shout out to the person who composed a lot of those original melodies that is kazuki moraoka did a, a wonderful job helping to establish this sound. Well, what a great episode. This was so much fun. Hell yeah, man. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us this week. We're going to play out with Jungle Battle, which is a really nice FM synth remix of the Jungle theme from Contra. So hopefully you enjoy that from Contra Rebirth. Uh, Will, anything else at the end here? We got a plug. Yeah, uh, we had an underscore episode a couple weeks ago that you guys should listen to if you haven't already. Um, Go back and, yeah, if you didn't listen to the episode we did with Carlos last week, that was really fun. And just once again, uh, this is the first episode we've recorded since VGM Con, and we just want to thank everybody who came out to our show, our panel. Oh, it was so uh, fun. We had a great time. This is the best year for VGM Con, in my opinion. Uh, it was just awesome. Yeah, I, I would like to say that anyone in the Midwest area, it is absolutely worth coming out next year. You will not regret it. It's really fun. Uh, the venue, you know, the hotel and convention center is wonderful. It's just a great place to hang out. I really feel like I kind of made a lot of new friends this year. Um, it, it just 
just was was so much fun. So thank you everyone for and coming it's not out. As, it's not as intense. Like MAGFest is so huge. There are so many people. It's this the opposite is kind of, of like you don't feel nervous <laughs> walking around, meeting people. It's very it's more casual, but it has a home a lot of awesome vibe stuff. to and it. And they always uh without fail bring wonderful guests. So I, I think it's a it's a better bet for that, you know, because yeah. you're not gonna be you'll be able to actually have conversations with some of these guests as opposed to kind of being in a giant line in a yeah. huge auditorium waiting for an autograph you know i mean it was so great will um i don't know if i told you but i was going to head back to my room and i see chad cider just hanging out uh you know having a beer in the lobby i ended up staying and talking with him having a beer for like over an hour we stayed you know after 1 a.m we were just talking about everything you could imagine and that kind of stuff doesn't happen as much at magfest and so it just was right it was a really great year um and so yeah everyone else should definitely come out next year um, and yeah, we want to thank everyone for subscribing and leaving nice reviews on iTunes slash Apple music. That's been really helpful. If anyone wants an invite to our discord, let us know. Cause it's a great place. We now have three different sub channels. It's taken a while to, it took us like over a year to finally make another sub channel. So we have the regular Marcado one. Uh, we now have Funk Infusion, which is just for people posting funky links. And then now we have this kind of um, creative corner, right. which is for um, anyone other than the Brueggemans to kind of share what they've been up to, whether it's music or art or, or kind of any creative things that, you know, the Marcato fam has been up to. So, th- so that's just been such a great uh, community. So and Speaking of creative things, uh, we, we do have to plug again. We're still promoting RoboGirl 2, Marty's yes. incredible uh, chip album that he released several weeks ago oh my gosh robo girl 2 is fantastic the response has been great so far which is so exciting to see that but you can find that as well as all of our original music at our website supermarcadobros.com and our bandcamp supermarcadobros.bandcamp.com and thanks to everyone who's already listened and downloaded the album and if you haven't definitely check it out that's about it we gotta get rolling we'll play you guys out with jungle battle my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out (laughs) 